2: First game of the week is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders at the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Bombers are favored by eight. Are you taking the deal or not? I'm taking the deal. Deal for me, too. I think Winnipeg will beat them by eight or more. Ottawa Red Blacks, they're at the B.C. Lions. And B.C. is favored by seven and a half. The head coach of B.C. is 3-0 and oh against the team that fired him. The B.C. is favored by 7.5. Deal or no deal?
3: I'm going to take the deal. This is the Rod Peterson Show.
2: It is. It's a thing that we call Football Friday, and welcome to the RP Show, everybody. Do you notice something new? I'll let you think about that for a second. It's a big day, Football Friday here, as I mentioned, here on the RP Show, and we got a lot of football to get to. Plus, here in the warm-up, our favorite other topics as well. NHL preseason, we'll get to. God's team won last night. Apparently, the Blue Jays did something exciting. Uh, let's bring in the Moose, Darren Moose-Dupont, as I give you the roadmap of today's show. Uh, it includes Matt Baker of the BC Lions, their digital host, their home to Ottawa tonight. Wasey Rabbit will join us here on this National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. You see Darren have, and I both have our orange shirts on. Wasey Rabbit, assistant coach of the Saskatoon Blades, longtime hockey pro. He'll be joining us an hour too. two, and I appreciate Wasey for doing that. To talk about what it means to him and his people. So we're looking forward to that. Darren, before we go any further, I I just got to say our COO, Lee Genier, is all hot and heavy over the fact the Blue Jays clinched a playoff berth, which he should. But it is Football Friday, and I'm telling you, I'm sitting here in Tua Central, and we're going to talk about that. And it transcends not just the National Football League, the Canadian Football League, not even just amateur football, contact sports. Around the globe, what happened on Thursday night football last night? So, yeah, it's not just the hottest
3: topic here, but it's a big one that we're going to get in today. And uh, how are you? Top of the world. Yeah, top of the world. Uh, Good football game last night. Uh, Unfortunately, overshadowed by Tua. But, uh, yeah, I'm great this morning. Our VP
2: of Sim Events telling us, uh, Nelson, he says, you got your ears lowered, RP. No, it's not the haircut. I had that days ago. It's this new mic stand. It's this new mic stand. That? I went to Guitar Center yesterday, and these guys just geek out over this. I like it. It's awesome. Um, viewer Tim Weeb says, are you not on Game Plus today? I don't know. I have no idea. I'm on the air right now. Is that good enough for you? I don't know where we're airing. Let's go. Can you hit the quick six? Can you hit the quick six show horn, please? Director Jordan, uh, please and thank you. Again, I don't know. So if there's a problem with Game Plus, can we look into it? I, do, I know what I'm doing. They weren't asking Tua what network the show was airing on yesterday. He was out trying to win a football game for the Dolphins. So let me say this. Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tonga viola suffered a second frightening injury in five days when he was carted off the field in Thursday night's 27-15 loss at Cincinnati and many Want to know why he was playing at Altua and the team claimed the first scary injury on Sunday when he struggled to walk after that big hit against the Bills was actually a concern with his back. His swift return to the field, including Thursday night's week four opener, still prompted a joint review by the NFL and NFL Players Association. He was carried off on a stretcher Thursday and hospitalized with concussion symptoms after being slammed to the turf. Uh, I will say Alan Poupart, who covers the Dolphins for Sports Illustrated, is going to be with us off the top of hour two. And in this warm-up, we're going to get the NHL preseason results and Pat's game and Canada West and all the rest. But I got I to I get into this because I raced home from the gym this morning. Great workout at Orange Theory. I flipped on Get Up on ESPN. I couldn't wait to hear the analysis of what happened to Tua last night. And all I saw, and stick with me, Darren, and if people are upset, I don't care. I think it's why this show is so popular, um, because I'm going to say it the way that I feel that it is. The players were on there, in some cases, choked up and tearing up that the NFL doesn't care about them. I'm not going to name who those players are, but it was, oh, I'm getting choked up. At the, in 15 years, it won't be your, the NFL team around your bedside. It's going to be your wife and kids. It's going to be your family. The NFL doesn't care about the players. And I got enraged because I was like, you wouldn't be on that panel if it wasn't for the National Football League. You had a choice. And we're going to probably spend this entire segment here on this. And it's a little callous. And we'll get to all of that. I need to walk myself back here a little bit. People don't understand what's going on. and, And to a certain extent, I wonder if the players even understand what's going on with them. It is a business, so the Dolphins said Tua cleared concussion protocol, and let's, the caveat, none of us really know all of the ins and the outs about this. The Miami Dolphins, we'd love to think are above board, but let's be honest, their owners currently suspended for tampering. They couldn't prove the tanking allegations that were brought forth against them by Brian Flores, the coach they fired, so the Dolphins kind of have a spotty track record with the truth. So let's just say that. But for the players to say that they're upset and the NFL doesn't play, care about them, this is news? Is this honestly news? And I know that the CFL is going to be brought into this in a much more favorable light. But in 30-plus years uh, in sports, pro sports for me, I've seen doctors quit over this. Like, quit. I'm out. I'm out. I've seen people fired for not fudging medical reports. I won't do that. I can't do that. It's against my. You're fired. I've seen that. I've seen it all. So I, Rex Ryan blurts out on the air this week on ESPN when the Dolphins said that Tua was okay and passed concussion protocol and his problems was his back, not his head. Rex goes, they're lying. Why would Rex say that, Darren? Because he knows teams do that. I've seen presidents coaches owners stand at a podium and lie i've seen it and i'm sitting there in the front row of the news conference going he's lying so in the case of two i'm kind of taking all different sides on this other than to say players you had a choice and and i know you've got thoughts on this and for sure our our uh, viewers do too and they're welcome to chime in but you had a choice There are pro football Hall of Famers, CFL Hall of Famers that have complained to me about their injuries after the fact. And I have said to them, Would you do it again? And they turn to me and say, In a heartbeat. I'll just relate it to this in my career. I was whining to my recovery coach why I wasn't in the National Hockey League because I felt I paid my dues. I'm better than a lot of guys that are there. Why aren't I in the NHL? And he goes, Stop! You had a choice. You had to pick between football and hockey and you picked football. So stop bitching about it. And that day, August of 2017 in Montreal, I stopped bitching about it because he was right. I made the choice to pursue football rather than the National Hockey League. So stop bitching. I'm not saying the players are bitching, but you made a choice. And that's not entirely what's going on with the Tua situation, but it's a lot of what's going on with the Tua situation. So that's mine that's my opening thoughts what are yours
3: tough situation a really tough situation the biggest concern for me is you know in this whole thing is that it was such a short turnaround a game right you know if they're lying about Tua's injury on Sunday and they got to play again on Thursday now you're not just you know putting a guy back in the game who's had a head injury you're not trying to get him back on the field just a few days later so that's the part that's tough you know but you're right like you know, I compare it to the guys that, around here that go to work in, in the mines, in the potash mines, and they go underground and they breathe in the air and they get danger pay. Not a lot, but they get some danger pay for that, right? And, you know, when the NFL athletes are making millions and millions of dollars, the injuries go along with it. But we do know that the NFL can take bigger and better steps to make sure they're not putting their players in, in harm's way when they know better. And this is one of those situations.
2: This is not absolving the National Football League. I'm sure in a lot of ways they have blood on their hands. There's no two ways about that. But we're all watching that game in the CFL with the Montreal Alouettes. I can't even remember who they were playing. But in the waning moments on the last-minute drive, the Alouettes quarterback, Trevor Harris, gets hit high, gets taken out of the game. Vernon Adams comes in, and the Alouettes don't win. And I was sitting there going, put him back in! Doesn't everybody want him back in? There was hardly any outcry at all in the, across the CFL from the media, the players, the fans, that Trevor Harris was taken out, which tells me the CFL is a lot more serious about player safety than the National Football League is. So, <clears throat> and then on the hit of Tua last night, did you feel that it was overly egregious? I mean, in both cases, these weren't headshots. In both cases with Tua, Sunday and Thursday night, it was his head rattling off the grass slash turf, okay? And you saw his fingers tension. I had a first responder from Vancouver write me and say, Rod, I've attended to several car crashes. This is a sign of severe brain trauma with Tua. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Now we're going around all over the place with different opinions. I'm not a doctor. I don't know. Tua, from what I understand, went home with the team on Thursday night after the game. I don't know if it was the team flight or not, but he went home. He's now convalescing uh, in Miami. And it's just, uh, it's ugly to see. But, you know, back to Tua, they love him here. I talk about it almost every day. They love him. They love him. They love him. And what did Joe Rose, the color guy, say on the air yesterday that I listened to him? He goes, Tua wants to play tonight. He's probably not 100%, but he knows he's got a reputation as being an injured player. And he's the captain on this team now. So he's going to play. Guys, I think he's going to play tonight. And he did. And then this happens. How could you not love the kid? You know, so I kid guess just I'll ask you and I'll ask the, you can never leave it up to the kid. You can never leave it up to the player. And again, nothing against the Miami Dolphins, but they don't exactly have a track record of truth and integrity. They don't. So do you believe that the fact that they said he passed concussion protocol and was eligible and healthy enough to play Thursday? Do you believe that's the truth?
3: No, and it doesn't it doesn't appear to be that way now, especially when we see the aftermath. I mean, 24 hours ago, you asked me that. I can't I don't really have an argument against it. Right. But then we see this and you're right. It wasn't a direct headshot. It wasn't the most egregious hit, but the effects were bad. And they just kind of all conclusions lead to that. He was not close to 100 percent and shouldn't have played in the game last night.
2: Kevin, the medium's watching in Alberta. He says they need to take this out of the team's hands and take players' safety more seriously. I believe the doctors that were used by the Dolphins were independent, not paid by the Miami Dolphins. They were an independent medical advice clearing him. So there's that. That's what I've read. Um, Don, our Navy friend, says concussions are a black art of diagnosis, a person never really knows if they're fully recovered or not. It comes down to choices, though, and the lure of millions of dollars will slant the choice. Carlos in Indianapolis says players are also willing to be more aggressive to return to play because the next man up is always there. Ding, 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 ding. Tell him what he's won, Bob. the, guy, the course the kids want to play. To be honest, that's why I have so, so much respect for Zach Caleros in whatever playoff game that was, Bomber fans tell me, Rider fans tell me, what was the game that Zach Caleros was playing for the Riders that he pulled himself out of the West Final either the night before or the morning of because he didn't feel right and he didn't want to hurt the team. That's highly rare. I think it might have been 2018. I don't remember. It was the last game I ever called as voice of the Rough Riders. But, this is where we're at now. It's a major conundrum. And to be honest, a lot of this, I blame the fans. A lot of this, I blame the owners because it's about winning. It's about winning. It's about winning. They had a chance with Tua Thursday night to win. Well, How many times have we said it's a significant drop-off to Teddy Bridgewater if Tua's out? And they lost the game. Guys' jobs are on the line. Coaches, how many times have we said it's about winning? It's about winning. It's about winning. It's all that matters is winning. All that matters is winning. They'll lie at any cost for the chance to win a football game. Who's, so who's at fault for that? There's no leniency from anybody, not from the fans, not from the owners. You know, who, Winning is king, and that's all, and this is what you get.
3: Yeah, it is. And you look at Teddy Bridgewater last night. He made a couple of decent plays. He's been a starter in this league. So when Teddy Bridgewater comes in and plays well, and if he does lead them to a win, which he didn't, had him close for a little bit, two is looking over his shoulder. Two has already had to listen to Deshaun Watson all offseason. He's had to listen about, to hear about Tom Brady all offseason. And all he needs is to go down with an injury, and then Teddy Bridgewater comes in and plays well, you know, and picks right up right where he left off, and then all he's going to hear is, oh, Tua's just a system quarterback. We can put anybody in this offense. So he wanted to play you know, at the expense of his health, I'm sure, because, you know, he's got that fear of job security and that's, it's a dangerous place to be.
2: Phil Kershaw watching, former chairman of the CFL Board of Governors. Thank you for chiming in, Phil. He's in Victoria, BC. He says, Tua shouldn't have gone back in the game on Sunday and definitely shouldn't have played Thursday night. The NFL needs to strengthen concussion protocol, period. And that's my point. I turned on ESPN's daytime programming today expecting to have some fantastic analysis of what went on Thursday night. And all I saw was players upset that the NFL doesn't care about them. I'm like, there's nothing new here. It hasn't changed. It's not going to change. And by the way, you know, I ran it by Darren and Lee in our pre-show meeting. If it was okay, if I talked about these things and you said, as long as I don't out- who the people were, the teams were, or even the leagues involved with the doctors being fired and trainers, whatever, quitting. And I didn't. And to give you an idea, I was in the owner's suite at an Arizona Coyotes game five, six years ago. And a guy came up to me and he said, "Uh, I understand that you're in the Canadian Football League. And I said, yeah, at the time I was. He goes, what's their stance on concussions? And I said, why do you ask? He says, well, I'm the top neurosurgeon at the Mayo Clinic here in uh, Scottsdale, and uh, my counterpart and I are working on a study with it relating to pro football, CTE, and concussions, and I'm just wondering what the CFL says about it. I said, ah, they say it's inconclusive. Same as the National Hockey League. They largely deny it at that time. And he goes, well, you, you can't deny it, right? You know that. I said, I'm just telling you their stance. The NFL at one time was far less serious about concussions than they are now. So anyways, I knew that we'd talk through this opening block on it. When we come back, we'll preview tonight's games in the Canadian Football League. We'll talk about last night's games in the National Hockey League. The Blue Jays are going to the playoffs. Start spreading the news. Maybe we'll go to Toronto for for a playoff game, as Lee's promised. We'll be right back. It's the RP Show on Game Plus TV. YouTube Live, 24-hour sports radio streaming now at rodpeterson.com and your home of Southern sports and talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash
1: the Rod Peterson Show now.
2: Landmark Cinemas Extra members get your movie tickets for just half the points from September 16th to 29th. It's an offer you can't refuse. Any movie, anytime. Redeem just half the points every time. Any way you add it up. Or is that divided? It's movie time. Not a Landmark Extras member? Join for free now at LandmarkCinemas.com. And movie more for less. Landmark Cinemas, where movie lovers get their extras. All right, welcome back, everybody, on a beautiful day. We have managed to dodge the storm. Thank you for all the well wishes uh, and so forth that Hurricane Ian cut a swath north of us here in South Florida, and that uh, very lucky for us. Let's bring the moose in. Moose, I'm, um, I've said many times you wouldn't have wanted to know me past seven and a half years ago before I quit drinking and got sober. Days like the last couple of days would drive me around the bend, and um, I'll tell you why. We're moving on from the two a thing for now, but Alan Poupart coming up from Sports Illustrated, Miami. He covers the Dolphins. He'll be with us an hour or two. Number one, I don't know how much the tickets are for the banquet that I'm speaking at with Stu Gribson. I don't know. Call Lampman, okay? And I'm gonna do this one time for this guy because he's a good guy, Mike Jen Austin. Says he's got a couple, he said, he writes in and says he's got a couple tickets for the Buccaneers and the Chiefs on Sunday in Tampa. And if I knew anybody who wanted them. So I'm like, he he can't go. Season ticket holder. And uh, I'm, what do you want for him? I I thought he was offering them to me. I'm like, ah, maybe we're going to Tampa on Sunday. He's like, I paid $340 each, but I'd take whatever I can get.
0: How about, so how about I'll give
2: you a shout-out on the show? Right, so if he wants to, uh, if anybody wants to go and pay three forty dollars each or best offer, OBO, I'm doing it one time because Mike's a good guy and he actually came over to uh, Vero Beach, Florida for a, tri- for a rider training camp we had one time. He's a good guy. Um, but that's it. I'm telling you, we're not Ticketmaster. We're not swapping Shop. We're not Tradio. We're not the flea market here. So, as the show I used to be I used, you know how that would drive me nuts? Rod, I got a couple tickets on the 55 yard line for the Riders and Bombers. I like, can you help me sell them? No. <laughs> but I used to. I don't know how much tickets are for Lampman. I don't We're not Tradio. You know, our swapping shop.
3: I was going to say, what did Rod Kittle used to do on the morning show, right? And I think they did them on your station, the auction in the morning.
2: Boots and salutes. And um, yeah, whatever it is. I don't know. So if you want tickets, DM me. I'm going to do it one time because Mike's a good guy. But that tells you how the show's growing, right? Now we got tickets for the Buccaneers if you want them. That's pretty cool. So to the NHL, because I was I was blessed to be in an NHL arena last night. I'll start with what went on in Vancouver. Ryan Donato scored the game winning goal with just under 40 seconds to go in overtime to cap the Seattle Krakens 4-3 comeback victory over the Vancouver Canucks in preseason play. Vancouver went up 3-1 in the opening period, courtesy of Andre Kuzmenko, who scored twice, and Tanner Pearson. For the crack and coal end of Shonovan Sask, glad you asked. And John Hayden scored in the third to tie things up before Donato's heroics in overtime for Seattle. Here in sunrise, the Carolina Hurricanes beat the Florida Panthers 5-2. It was like the first day of school, Moose. I was more excited to see Stormin Norman, the guy who runs the buffet before the game. Uh, he's doing fine, by the way. And I said, Happy New Year, Norman. He had no idea what I was talking about. And he's like, oh, hey, you're good. Um, Saw my guy, Andrew uh, Imber, the public address announcer for the Panthers. Saw all on my social media if you want to see it. Randy Mulder, the Panthers color guy, who's coming to our NHL preview show live October 11th from uh, the Pompano Beach House. Other than that, here's my report. Matthew Kachuk is just fine. He wasn't on the top line in five-on-five, but he's playing PP1. And he's on the left side of Alexander Barkov. And while people in Calgary, now they're all trashing Kachuk on his way out of town. Take that for however you want. They say he can't skate. He's not the most, he's not Bobby Orr, okay? But he gets there. And he had some great shots on goal on the power play. He's in front of the net. They're, They're putting it on his tape. He's got guys that can put it on his tape. Matthew Kachuk's going to be just fine. And when I tell you, Moose, he's going to be on the left side of the power play and Barkov will be at center. That's exactly what happened. Now, they lost 5-2. Sergei Bobrovsky wasn't his best game. They extended Spencer Knight this week, so I think they're trying to move Bob out, get out from underneath his $10 million a year contract. Uh, But Carolina won 5-2, and it was great seeing a couple of, pardon me, veterans or uh, grads in Ethan Bear and Zach Sachenko in goal. Elsewhere, Winnipeg beat Montreal four three. New De- New Jersey Devils over the Rangers five two. Minnesota beat Dallas five two. The Blues over the Blue Jackets four two. And Nashville blank Tampa two nothing. Do you, sir, have any NHL notes before we move into the CFL?
3: No, let's keep rolling. I, I love I, I I just love seeing the shots from inside the the arena again. You know. When you're down on the ice level, when you're up in the press box, it just feels like hockey's back. It's getting crisp in the air here.
1: Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty-nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.
3: So best time of year. It is
2: spring still the best time of the year in the Stanley Cup playoffs and will always be. But this is pretty darn good, too. And uh, yeah, I had a great time in the arena last night at FLA Live year two covering the Florida Panthers. And thank you, Panthers, for giving me a season seat. Uh, in your press box. They're first class, just like the Flames. Um, So to the CFL, point three, because it is a football Friday. They've adjusted the line a little bit. Not a lot, Darren, but I wonder what you think about tonight's game. Sask at Winnipeg, the Blue Bombers now favored by seven. I think that's a change from earlier in the week, but it doesn't really matter. Bombers are rolling. They're a juggernaut, man. Uh, what's your take on this? You know, how do we expect it to go? I don't think Sask's going to win. I'm going to be watching it, but I don't think it's going to be close. Always,
3: no, they'll always be competitive. I think ish. I mean, we saw it. The the banjo bowl was really competitive. i uh, sorry. The uh, Labor Day Classic was competitive when these two teams played in the banjo bowl really wasn't that competitive. Um Do I think the riders can keep it close? Yeah, I do. I think this could be maybe a single digit win. I don't know, but we're probably looking at, you know, a 10 to 12 point Winnipeg win, I think. Uh, So it doesn't change anything. The line move for me. Winnipeg is still Winnipeg and they want to be rolling heading into the playoffs. They don't want to take their foot off the gas and they won't.
2: Similar to these other games that involve Calgary and BC, they don't want to take Days off, even though they've clinched. These are exciting games the rest of the way. But, you know, it's not just about the games. I don't think people understand how great media coverage is outside the games. Like ours, our show, right? With the, our show complements the leagues. And, you know, I, and my, my point on that is Rob Vanstone's column in the Leader Post that aired yesterday or was posted yesterday. I'm like, oh my god! He's like Craig Dickinson, the head coach of the Riders, has apologized to his team for saying we're not very good. You see what Vanstone said? Players should be apologizing to him. Vanstone's up He's right. Like he, I know. So, <laughs> is, is this game tonight? Is this game tonight the swing game for Saskatchewan? Like if they go in there and just get obliterated by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, which is what they're expecting in Winnipeg, and the Ryder Nation's not. They're sticking behind their team. I still am friends with a lot of people and follow people on social media from Saskatchewan. They're going to the game. They're going for a party and good on them. But if the Riders get speedboated, motorboated, is it over?
3: Is it over? Because Vanstone
2: no. don't thinks it's over already.
3: Yeah, well, that's a different question. Do I think it's over already? Probably. I mean, the magic number is three to get in, but you only have four games. And I look at it this way. When you're looking at the four games and you're looking at the rest of the season, Winnipeg is not a game you're circling. It's a game that you're going to win. It's not one of the magic three. So to me, what happens in this game is obsolete. It doesn't matter because you're either... Already out of it, and if you do have a chance to get three wins or two wins and a loss by Ottawa and Hamilton or whatever, it's not happening this week. So to me, this week is a nothing week for the Riders because you're not circling this. If they win, it could be a swing game the other way. You know when you win one of those that you're not supposed to win, and now all of a sudden you're on a roll? That's what this could be for Saskatchewan.
2: Our CFL coverage, our rider coverage specifically for Bronco Plumbing, Heating and Cooling. Find everything you need to know about our services, financing, product information and more at broncoplumbing.com. I'm going to move along from the Ottawa at BC game because it is going to be previewed next segment when Matt Baker joins us, the Lions digital uh, host. So we'll preview that game next segment. A quick one from the Western Hockey League. How about this one? Connor Bedard capped a two-goal night with the game-winner in overtime, leading the Regina Pats to a 4-3 victory over the Edmonton Oil Kings Thursday night. It was the lone game in the dub. Tanner Howe recorded a game-high four points behind two goals and two assists for the Pats, who are now 2-1. Oil Kings are winless in three after winning the WHL last year. Bedard also had an assist. I don't know. When the guy wrote in yesterday and said, junior hockey is not my guilty pleasure. I mean, I was defensive about that. Was I correct in being defensive or am I just too defensive when people take shots at me?
3: Well, you are defensive when people take shots at you, for sure. I mean, I'm not sure if he was taking (laughs) a shot at me or not. But no, I don't think he was taking a shot. I think he like... You know, when I kind of might, you know, the definition of like things I don't really want to tell other people because they'll look down on you. They think it's inferior. He's like, I don't think it's inferior. I'll go tell everybody. It's not guilty to me. I'll just go string it from the rooftops and I don't care who knows. So I'm not, it's not my guilty pleasure. For him, it's just his pleasure.
2: Yeah, well, I I want... I was thinking about it overnight and I'm like maybe I was too defensive but people don't need to understand when it comes to junior hockey, CFL talk, university football which we'll get into next hour, our biggest biggest sponsor, corporate partner is a betting company, BetRegal. So you tell me what they'd rather have us talking about. Let's talk about the dollars wagered on the National Football League. Versus the Western Hockey League or the Canadian Football League. You tell me. Or even college football. It's a business decision. So, and for those that missed yesterday, I said the definition of a guilty pleasure isn't something you do that you're ashamed to tell anybody. A guilty pleasure is you're into something that not as many other people are. At least that's the Oxford World uh, Dictionary definition of it. That's why junior hockey is by guilty pleasure. I love it, but not enough people do. I'm not going to go much further down that road, but next hour when you join us, Moose, we will talk about the Canada-West slate. You have the Regina game, is that correct, this weekend? That's right. Okay. Uh, well, that'll be exciting, obviously. And the Bisons are home. Sorry, the Bisons are at Saskatchewan tonight at the Huskies. They're off to their best start since 06, Saskatchewan, and the Bisons are coming off the mat. So, listen, I'm following it very closely We'll save that for next hour. You'll be with us, right, Moose? You bet. See you then. Okay, let's do a sports update before we break and bring in Bakes Takes from the BC Lions. The Toronto Blue Jays will look to snap their two-game skid when they host the Boston Red Sox tonight. Toronto secured a spot in the postseason for the first time in two years on Thursday, despite not playing. Boston's 5-3 win over the Baltimore Orioles allow the Jays to clinch a playoff berth. Alec Manoa goes to the mound tonight against Nick Pavetta. The Toronto Maple Leafs and the Ottawa Senators will clash for a third time this preseason tonight. The two teams went 1-1 one and one in their split squad games on Saturday. Toronto shut out the Montreal Canadiens to the tune of 3-0 on Wednesday, while Ottawa fell 5-3 to the Winnipeg Jets Tuesday. The Edmonton Oilers will be opening their doors at Rogers Place to the Calgary Flames tonight in preseason play. The two met on Wednesday, where Calgary took a 4-0 victory at the Saddle Dome. It was Flames Vets versus Oilers No Names. I'm sure the script uh, script will be flipped tonight. This sports update for Edo Japan. With more than 160 restaurants nationwide, Edo Japan is proud to be Canadian-owned and operated for more than 40 years. We're going to Vancouver. Next on a CFL game day, it's the RP Show on Game Plus Television, available all across Alberta and BC on TELUS Optic Cable Channel 924 NHD. Also your favorite podcast platform. And on your home of Southern Sports and Talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel
3: yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now.
2: for football, and we're talking about it all today on the RP Show. NFL, CFL, Canada West, NCAA. We'll get to the comments in a moment, maybe next segment in viewer takeover. Appreciate you. A lot of Lions and Stampeders fans are watching right now. And for that, let's go out to Vancouver. Matt Baker joins us, Lions digital host. He's been with that team a long, long time. All right, Banks, I'm not going to ask you any betting advice tonight, but please tell me. Ottawa in town. Nice shirt, by the way. Today, Halloween goes very well for the BC Lions. The National Day of Truth and Reconciliation goes very well for the BC Lions. What are you guys doing for that game tonight, by the way? I know you are. Yeah, What? thank you. Tell us about that.
5: Yeah, so, Rod, as you know, um, September 30th has become uh, an important day in this country. And really the second annual day for the bc lions to, to do what is called our orange shirt day game and i see it uh, those watching uh, john o'flynn and company in north Bay. i know you're watching you're coming tonight uh, get there early uh, first ten thousand fans get this orange t-shirt uh, every child matters and new for this year rod this logo will be on the um team's helmets tonight so a couple of new wrinkles this year, uh, the helmet being a big part of it. And make sure you watch because these helmets look very sharp. I saw them in action at practice. I don't like to judge logos and colors until I see them in action. And uh, these, this will be um, this will be cool to see tonight. So, yeah, very special day. I know, uh, like everyone else, we were shocked. I getting ready for training camp last year when uh, the confirmation of, of the unmarked graves story was really picking up. And, um, the fact that the Kamloops residential school site is literally five minutes from our training camp site that, that obviously hits extra home for us as a football club. Uh, I know there were plans to visit the site last year, but unfortunately COVID protocols and the fires, the smoke, the air quality kind of, kind of, um, hampered that idea so hopefully one day we'll we'll get to the residential school site but um yeah we're definitely honored to do our part in recognizing and respecting this this important day
2: oh man i could sit and talk to you about this all day good for you guys for doing that the lions are on the cutting edge and i've you Mm -hmm. and i've talked about this i don't think you guys get nearly enough credit for the things that you do and um but with this good job tonight Uh, a couple days after the Caucasus graves were found just outside of Regina. I was golfing with the chief uh, a couple days later, and I was like, "I, I didn't know." Yeah. And he goes, "We, we knew." So yeah, that's why we're doing this. So good, good on you guys. But I, I want to talk ball. But I could talk about you guys' gunmetal helmets, um, the Casey Printers vintage, whatever that was, which was cool, which you guys still wear, I think, from time to time. Like you guys got some cool jerseys and helmets over the years. Would you not agree?
5: You know, it's, it's, I absolutely agree. And it's funny you bring up the gun medal, Roddy. You'll remember this. You know, the last time we wore the gun medals was the infamous Guaranteed win Night in 2014. <laughs> that was the last time. <laughs> so maybe, so maybe, uh, maybe it's fitting that uh, that was, a. don't want to, I don't want to say one way or another. I know our owner, Amar Dolman, has talked about this in public several times. He's working on something, so. Whether that's this year, I don't know. We only have one more home game regular season-wise after tonight. So who knows? Maybe twenty twenty-three brings about something as far as a, an alternate jersey. But the gun medal was was one of the best things I think we ever did. I mean, that got, got people talking Lions football all day the next day, middle of summer, of course, kind of have the the market to ourselves along with the whites. And, yeah, unfortunately, they, they just never continued with it for some reason. I, I'm not saying the guaranteed win and the fallout from that was the reason for it, but we still get people daily, weekly on social media, bring back the gun medals. So I know for a broadcaster's perspective for you, maybe it wasn't good as far as reading names and numbers. But uh, yeah, I'm not going to rule anything out. Perhaps, perhaps, yeah, perhaps next season. That's a first world problem. Yeah. Broadcasting. Yeah. Well, I've read. seen...
2: <laughs> way, way harder jerseys to read than that. I, yeah, I was a fan, if totally. it means anything. Yeah, and by the way, with Amara, I just think he's cooler than the other side of the pillow, man. And I've told him that. and Obviously, you think yeah. the same way. Um, are the good days, are the good times back? Like, what was the celly sell- the like when you guys clinched the playoff berth for the first time since 2018?
5: Well, a little subdued to be honest, to be honest with you because it came in a losing cause. Yeah. Um... But that's, it's big for the organization. No playoffs since 2018. I'll go a step further. No Western playoffs since 2016. A win tonight guarantees uh, the Lions would be in a top three position in the West. And, and I think that's a big deal. I know you hear the odd person say, oh, crossing over maybe is the way to go. I'm not so sure about that. Because I think Toronto is a legitimate contender. Montreal maybe peaking at the right time. And it's hard to go East and win two in a row. There's a reason it's never happened in the history of the crossover, right? So that, and I think it's it's big for this organization to make the western side of the bracket. Uh, Magic numbers four to clinch a home playoff game. That's going to take some work still after losing last week. Still a very small window for first place, Rod. This team wins out, it would get first place. Would have to beat Winnipeg twice. Very, very tall order. But I'll go one game at a time. Um, Yeah, being on the Western side of it and the chance to get a home game uh, for Mr. Doman and and all he's done in the community here, um, trying to do our best to generate some more interest and expand the product, that will be huge for this club.
2: Well, they tell me in Vancouver, they obviously know about the Lions. They've had them since 1954, but they'll really only support a winner. So good luck with that because clearly – You're on your way as a franchise. Nelson Hakowicz, our VP of Sim Events, writes in. He says, shout out to the BC Lions and Bakes for doing one of the best jobs taking fans behind the scenes and engaging fans of all teams in the league. The league needs more of it. And as to why no teams ever advance to the Grey Cup via the crossover, let's talk about that another day, Bakes, because I I love it. Maybe we'll bring in the football guys, and they'll have the answer for it over us. But when I read the game notes for this one tonight, Rick Campbell's never lost to Ottawa since he left three and zero. Do you see a little fire in his eyes uh, leading up to these games against the Red Blocks or what? Be um, honest.
5: Ah, I will be honest. Knowing Rick, like I do, and I know you've had him on the program uh, quite a few times, even since he came here. He'll never admit to it. Um, he's all he's business. He's a football coach. He's all business. You know he'll he'll come out and tell you that. It's about team success and not individual success. And and I believe him. I believe him when he says that. But that being said, don't really know what he's thinking. Maybe maybe there's a little more bounce uh, in his step when they take on the Red Blacks. Um, so, yeah, he'll never admit that. I mean, who knows? I mean, it'd have to be personal for, for anybody, at least a little bit, even if they don't admit it. But um, he says all the right things. He handles himself the right way. Um, and he said it to the team yesterday, listen, regardless of who we're playing, regardless of what their record is, getting to 10 and four here tonight would be a very big deal. And then again, another one from the first time since 2016 file here, Ruddy chance to clinch the team's first winning season since uh, the Jonathan Jennings year. So yeah, he'll never admit it. He'll never make it about him. And, but who knows, who knows what he's thinking. Maybe, maybe there's a little extra motivation for this side. You never know.
2: Well, good luck with it. I'm going to try my best to stay up and watch as much of it as I can out here on the East Coast Bakes. But uh, from our viewers, Kevin, the medium says, my dream job doing anything working with the BC Lions. Maybe they need a medium. I'll let you guys sort that out. Um, he's been very good for me. <laughs> Send, Jeff, me the Stamps... Send <laughs> him, um, Jeff, the Stamps. There you fan. go. DM him from Jeff, the Stamps fan. He says, bring back the cream sickle orange jerseys. I just feel like the Lions have so much to play with there. You guys do a great job. A lot of options, and it's just awesome. Bakes, we do have to run. Thanks for coming on.
5: I was going to say, very quickly, the creamsicle orange ones went with this helmet, I think. that that, The 80s jerseys, is that what he's talking about? That's sharp. I
2: don't know. It's iconic. They're all iconic, and Bakes, as are you. Have fun tonight, buddy.
5: Thanks, Roddy. Always a pleasure.
2: Matt Baker from the B.C. Lions. Viewer takeover is next. Coming up in hour two, Alan Poupart. He covers the Dolphins for Sports Illustrated. We're going to talk more about Tua and also Wasey Rabbit on this National Day for Truth and Reconciliation. It's the RP Show's Football Friday on Game Plus Television, YouTube Live, your favorite podcast platform, and your home of Southern sports and talk, WQEE 99.1 FM. All right, it's uh, the final segment of Hour One. It's what we call Viewer Takeover, and that means I will talk about whatever you want to talk about. The Moose will be back next hour, and as you heard, Alan Poopart from Sports Illustrated to talk about Tua and the Dolphins and Wacy Rabbit of the Saskatoon Blades. So I do have a full phone of text messages here. Um, 902-518-3033. 902-518-3033 Where do I start? Steven in North Dakota. I like this one. He says greetings and hallucinations from sunny Minot, North Dakota. <laughs> Where is it here? He says I'm he says I'm on my way to NDSU Bison Homecoming. I watch the RP show for the best Dating advice and the only daytime CFL coverage, and he says, "Ladies, I'm still single <laughs> look him up, Steven, that's with a p h Jacobson, all O's, still single, and he's looking for a bride. Oh, and he wants to know moose's opinion if the bisons will win this weekend oh n d s u and Manitoba. Okay, we'll carry that over into Hour 2. Todd B. Uh, in Red Deer says, if the idea of the hash mark rules was to improve the offense, and for those that don't know, the Canadian Football League narrowed its hash marks by how much, folks? Was it four yards or eight yards they narrowed it? It was quite a bit. He says, if the idea of the hash mark rules was to improve the offense, why not just put the ball in the center of the field on first and second down? Kicks would still have to be made
5: from the angle. Dude. We just got through nine rule changes last year. Stop
2: talking about rule changes this year. Please. From Steve Knees. He's in Saskatoon. And he says on the 902 text line, Can the Rough Riders stay away from the Mexican food in Winnipeg? (sighs) No. Well, I remember the last time they were there, they got stomped 54 to 20, and I didn't know what to believe. The stories coming out of that were that they went to a Mexican restaurant and they got violently ill, and then we heard, no, 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 we had the flu before we even left Regina. Guys, and Regina had the flu. Okay, whatever it was, it was the flu. That's why they lost to Winnipeg, and so badly, 54-20, and then they lose to Edmonton on the Friday night, 26-24. So, where'd they eat then? Very interesting game tonight for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders and, of course, the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. But that magic number for the Riders is three, and we'll get into this more probably next hour with Moose and Talking Dolphins and Tua with Alan Poupart from Sports Illustrated. Last minute of play in hour one. Very interesting game. I mean, they all are, but if they get smashed tonight, what does that do to their magic number? What does that do to their playoff chances? Crossing over, what does it do for their own confidence? How badly do they get beat? What if they lose their star quarterback? Because then they are officially done. Cody Fajardo represents their only chance of winning, similarly to Conor Bedard and the Regina Pats. Hey, here's Arlen Bruce III. He says, hey, RP and Moose, I told you Teddy Bridgewater would play before week eight. But he says, anyways, would you consider having your show at Park Casino next to the Canucks Arena? I have a connection. Of course, we want to go to Vancouver and we want to go to Toronto. So contact our COO. We got a lot of comments here. We'll get to them next hour and two a talk. Stick around, everybody, after this break on Game Plus and WQEE. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to YouTube.com/slash the Rod Peterson Show now.